Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by InsideTexas.com beat reporter Joe Cook. Uh, Justin Wells is uh, suffering the ills uh, of a, uh, the winter ice storm right now, so I'm sitting in for him and uh, he, he and Joe's normal Thursday slot. Uh, Joe, how's it going today? It's good. I, I have power in Austin, kind of lucky on that regard, and uh, uh, hopefully if uh, People don't have power or are still trying to stay warm. This will get them through the next 20 minutes and distract a little bit. Well, Joe, you're the uh, beat reporter for Inside Texas uh, there in Austin and, and on the ground and, and get the uh, the communique uh, from the uh, Sports Information Department. Uh, yesterday, you sent out a note uh, that was from the Texas Sports Information Department saying Steve Sarkeesian had canceled his uh, Wednesday press conference for National Signing Day uh, and would not reschedule it until March. Uh, some people on the message boards goes, does that mean that Texas is somehow going to lose Warren Roberson or Deuce Robinson? You have any, you, you think that had any effect on, on their decision whatsoever? No, I, I do think it was all weather related. Um, you know, I, I think UT is on its own grid, I guess, because not only are, do they have their medical school, it's UT, they got St. David's up the road. But uh, the thing is, you know, uh, not everybody who covers the team uh, probably had power yesterday. And so, uh, you know, even uh, 104.9, the horn in Austin, it lost power, I think, at some point. So a lot of different avenues for people to be able to listen to it or uh, even cover it. You know, if you don't have power, you don't have Internet, you can't cover this. And it's a lot of people's jobs to to cover these press conferences. So uh, they decided to to just punt that down the road to early March. That did kind of give us a, a you know, a confirmation um, that they're going to start spring practice, I guess, before spring break, if they are talking about the uh, early part of March, we weren't really going to learn anything, um, whether it be about Roberson or Robinson from Sarkeesian. I mean, the most he probably could have said is, yeah, we're still after people. He does that pretty regularly uh, when it comes to talking about recruiting and everybody would have understood that's who he was talking about. So um, I guess that's all to say that we, you know, probably missed a little bit of an update about how early enrollees are faring. Uh, guys like Arch Manning, Cedric Baxter, John Tay Cook, all those guys probably missed a, an injury update. You know, at Inside Texas, I think you and Justin had uh, posted reports about Cole Hudson and Connor Robertson being out for the spring. Uh, we would have gotten that from from uh, Sark, maybe even some other ones we hadn't been made aware of quite yet. Didn't get that. Um, and we just kind of would have gotten a, a check in on, you know, how he feels the program is. Uh, how, how he feels the program's doing, uh, guys who've made progress, you know, overall, uh, you know, 30,000 foot viewpoints on certain things. So, it, you know, it's just a situation where uh, the, the weather makes it you know, untenable to host this, whether in person or digitally. But it was kind of just a progress report. Nothing except probably like injury news was going to be any, uh, you know, breaking from this. Uh, so it would have been nice to have that progress report. But, uh, you know, I think. I don't know if they're going to do another barnstorming tour like they did last year, but we'll have opportunities to see Sark and, and company, uh, hopefully before spring starts. But if not, it won't be too far away. Yeah, Eric's going to have some stuff on, on uh, the team, I think, in the humidor tomorrow on InsideTexas.com. Make sure, you, make sure you check that out. Also, I did text with Justin uh, this morning, uh, and he is going to be at Red Oak uh, tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. Uh, for Warren Roberson's announcement. Uh, Roberson, uh, the safety out of Red Oak, uh, who was offered by Texas back in September, has been committed to 
uh, TCU since about, I think it was Halloween night, I think maybe he committed uh, to the, the Horn Frogs, but has since uh, kind of taken a, a wait-and-see attitude, uh, took some official visits, one to Texas last week, and took an unofficial visit to USC the week prior. Uh, and it is coming down to those three schools for Roberson. Deuce Robinson, uh, in the meantime, uh, did not sign his letter of intent uh, yesterday and may not sign one for quite some time. In fact, his dad saying he may just enroll at the school of his choice when the time comes. Texas, USC, and Georgia, Georgia considered the favorites. Uh, the uh, news of sorts is that just how much baseball uh, is playing a factor in the Phoenix area's uh, uh, recruit number one tight end uh, in the country uh, and where that's going. Uh, Justin, uh, some, some things that uh, we're also looking at this week. Texas goes on the road in basketball, two straight games back-to-back in the state of Kansas. Uh, first, they take on Kansas State, who whipped Texas pretty good in the Moody uh, less than a month ago. Uh, and then they go to, to Kansas and play on Big Monday uh, at Kansas on Monday night. Uh, two back-to-back big games in conference. Texas right now 7-2 and two in conference, both K-State and Kansas 6-3. and three. Uh, What are you looking for from the Horns on the road this weekend? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, obviously with, with Kansas State, they got to make sure they don't give up 116 points. Um, that's, a, that's a good place to start. Uh, I think if you go back to that game uh, when when they were in Austin and uh, you had Keontae Johnson, uh, Marquise Noel, just a, guys who, you know, obviously really good offensive players, but they had a really hot night. Um, those They were shooting the lights out uh, in both halves. And it wasn't just, you know, there were a lot of defensive lapses, but uh, Kansas State was just on fire. So you got to hope that they uh, are not as on fire uh, as they were. Um, I think what Texas is going to have to do is probably sacrifice size a little bit for defensive ability and, and being able to stay with ball handlers. Um, that's seemed to be a, a good uh, a tactic for them. You got to have at least one big guy in there. I posted something on inside Texas yesterday about what are the most efficient lineups, both on the offensive and defensive end of the floor. Um, and most of them are kind of four out and one in lineups. Uh, so, and I think that plays well uh, for Texas, at least on defense, because of their tenacity on defense and uh, some of the matchup, you know, that they can survive matchup wise, maybe not thrive, uh, but it all kind of falls into being able to hit their shots. If, if those uh, lineups that have four out aren't hitting shots, then it's going to be a problem and they're not going to get as much as they need. Uh, but yeah, definitely got to uh, do a better job of, you know, limiting Limiting ball handlers' ability to blow by and get into the lane, I think you know driving and kicking was a big deal uh, for Kansas State in their first matchup, uh, and then just overcoming the environments that applies not just in Manhattan but in Lawrence. You know they call it the Octagon of Doom. That's a revitalized fan base. Uh, you know replacing Frank Martin. Not Frank Martin. Time out. Our- the Octagon of Doom. That's what they call it. Who fans, call it do, do they specialize in MMA up there or something or? <laughs> I think Bramlage Coliseum has like, it's oddly eight-sided. Uh, so 
Uh, and once that, when that place gets, gets going, it, it, it does get pretty loud. So uh, again, you know, Saturday game for a fan base that's really into their basketball program these days and has a great team in Jerome Tang's first year. Uh, and then, you know, with the Jayhawks, you always got to deal with uh, you're you're always playing a little bit of five on eight in Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, just just how it goes with uh, that environment. Uh, but the other thing is you got to hope that Kansas isn't as hot from three as they were against Kansas State the other night. I, I was able to watch a, a few the, a good amount of that game. And uh, when when Grady Dick and, and Jalen Wilson and all those guys are uh, heating up from beyond the arc, it, it's going to be tough to stop them. I think Texas, as they matched up well with Kansas last year, they match up well with them again this year. I don't think Kansas has a true five. Uh, Westlake's K.J. Adams often plays that role. And former Texas Tech big guy Kevin McCuller does that for him too. So I don't think they have like a true big guy who can really threaten Texas uh, like some of the other schools in the Big 12 do. But uh, it'll be tough to play in Allen Fieldhouse. And that kind of had me thinking the other day, you know, I think there's a massive misperception or misconception among basketball fans that conferences assign officials. There isn't. Uh, all the officials, unlike in football, uh, basketball officials are all NCAA assigned. Now, conferences kind of battle for who they want covering their games because, you know, you want good officials covering your team and, and calling your games. Uh, but, you know, they're, still, it's a national thing. But no matter what, it's human nature to go into a place like Allen Fieldhouse and fear, feel the pressure of 17,000 people bearing down on you. And that may be something that Texas has to factor in and deal with on Monday. But the point I'm trying to make is I think Texas, you know, for its upcoming home games, they have that now. I mean, it is a lot, you know, some of it is honestly artificial at the Moody Center. They play the music really, really loud. Probably a little too loud. That's why you saw the ESPN crew from Monday complaining about it. But people are going to the games. They're filling that lower bowl. The student section's showing up. So now, even though you have 10,000 people there, uh, you have a rowdy 10,000 people. And that does have an effect on officials to where, you know, yeah, they want to make the right call, but they're humans. They're, they're trying to avoid uh, getting yelled at for the most part. And they'll feel the emotion of the game. And maybe that'll help them make a... Uh, a charge call, you know, the other way. So um, that's something you have to look out for Allen Fieldhouse for sure. I got lucky enough to go there in November uh, for a game uh, right before Texas played Kansas in football. It's really awesome. Uh, not sure if I'm going to be making that trip, but uh, you could definitely feel that even in a game where they were playing like a pretty low rank, low major team and kind of played with their food for a while. Once the crowd had a reason to to get into it, they got into it, and you could feel the influence not only on the opposing team but on the other three guys on the floor. Um, and Texas will have to be wary of that, but they also kind of have that now at the Moody Center. Yep. Um, Joe, uh, speaking with Joe Cook, beat reporter of InsideTexas.com, uh, Thursday show here. Uh, sitting, I'm filling in for Justin Wells, who is out right now uh, because of the ice storm uh, in his hometown of Tyler, Texas, over there in East Texas. Hey, Joe, I wanted to ask you a couple questions. You wrote a little thing about Roshan Johnson today, and a number of Texas uh, players are participating in the Senior Bowl and or the East-West Shrine, what used to be the East-West Shrine game. Um, Roshan Johnson injured his hand, broke a bone in his hand, and is out. DeMarvian Overshone out there. Then you have Mora Ojomo. Uh, at the East-West game, as well as Keandre Coburn 
and Deion, uh, Deshaun Jameson. Have you uh, heard anything in specific? And I'm really wanting to hear more about Roshan because you wrote a, a nice piece about him yesterday. Yeah, um, I, I really – I, I like following the the big NFL newsbreakers. I think it's really entertaining. Um, you know, you can argue whether they're beholden to agents or certain players or not. Uh, but for situations like the Senior Bowl, you know, they're just going to present what they hear uh, pretty straightforward. And and Ian Rappaport, uh, who's the NFL Network guy, had something to where he you know reported that Rashawn broke his hand still practiced the rest of the or injured his hand. I don't know if it was a true break, but injured his hand, <clears throat> still practiced the rest of the the day. Uh, and then, you know, saw that he probably couldn't go the rest of the week and for the game. He still practiced with an injured hand. Um, and then something else, Rappaport called him a potential day two pick. Uh, so, you know, day one's first round, day two's round two and three, and then uh, day three is four through seven. So that already indicates a couple things to me. One, a lot of people, including in NFL circles, at least the ones that Ian Rappaport talks to, already see Roshan Johnson as a draft pick. And I think that speaks to his athletic ability, um, his ability as a running back, uh, and you know all the intangibles, uh, all the glowing reviews that he's going to get whenever he sits down with a team. And whenever teams talk to, whether it be Steve Sarkeesian, Tashar Joyce, Stan Drayton, even Tom Herman, if they go back that far and we know teams go back that far. They're all going to say tremendous things about Rashawn Johnson. But yeah, the fact I mean, that his a, mindset, right? Not just his, right. Intent, his mindset of going through practice like that uh, tells you a little bit about what what and who he is because that's what he was at Texas for all four seasons. I mean, switching from quarterback to running back and not even blinking an eye or batting an eye and just getting it done even as a true freshman. I thought that was one of the more selfless things I've any Texas football player has done in a long time, uh, at least from an on-field perspective. Uh, Moro Ojomo uh, coming in, uh, weighing in, and uh, coming in really, really good at the East-West Shrine game. That that was a big, big factor, too. We've seen some highlight footage here and there of both Keandre Coburn and Deshaun Jameson uh, as well. Uh, Joe, we're, uh, we're waiting on really just two recruits in this recruiting class uh, for the Longhorns. Uh, we still believe Texas will continue to monitor the, the transfer portal uh, through the spring season. Uh, however, I do want to say this about the portal. Uh, there are some guys out there that are still in it that don't even get become available until June. Uh, do not be un, do not be surprised if Texas somehow brings one of the one or two of those guys in on official visits sometime in March or maybe April as well. Uh, Joe, you have anything else you need to add for today's uh, before we we close up today's uh, show? Yeah, just thinking, you know, East West Shrine game, like you mentioned. Uh, we know Deshaun Jameson has gotten a lot of really good reviews. Uh, Moro Jamo, uh, he's going to be someone who I don't know what his NFL position is going to be because he plays interior but has a exterior defensive line body, but he he plays hard, and I'm really excited. I think Keandre Coburn. Uh, is going to, you know, th the big question for him is, can you play all three downs? I think he showed that this season is continuing to show that this week. So, um, you know, we'll be able to touch on that. It is NFL draft season a little bit, and that's one of the um, more sillier uh, times of the, the sports media calendar, especially in the football world, because anybody who's anybody can throw stuff out there. But I think one theme that we're going to see over the course of these next couple of years uh, and 
honestly, this year it kind of starts with uh, uh, graduating or, you know, developing guys who are Tom Herman signees, but who are developed by Sark staff. We're going to see a lot more. I feel like uh, picks come from the <laughs> Texas Longhorns ranks. Obviously, we're going to see Bijan Robinson go. Um, barring something, you know, crazy, Quinn Ewers is probably going to be picked up in the next couple of years, get drafted. Kelvin Banks, you know, DJ Campbell seems on his way. Uh, Xavier Worthy, um, you know, just, uh, I mean, just Jalen Ford, um, you know, the, Tavondre Sweat. That's just guys off the top of my head right there who I could definitely see getting picked in the draft the next couple of years where past couple of years, you know, I forget what year it was. Maybe it was 2020 or something like that. 2019. They didn't have anybody picked. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's been, you know, the dearth of talent on the raw, on the, on the 40 acres. It, it's not. And even tech, even, even so Texas had two rookies on the all rookie team this year, neither of whom got drafted, right? Schooler didn't get drafted. Cameron Dicker didn't get drafted. They both end up on the all-rookie team. So even though some guys are going on and moving on, you know, Texas just hasn't had those high-end draft picks like they did in the aughts, you know, in the 2010s and early 20s. That that looks like it's getting ready to change, not only with the guys you're talking about, Joe, uh, but the underclassmen that Steve Sarkeesian's recruited as well. And most importantly, you know, whenever you have one draft pick or zero draft picks, other teams who are recruiting against Texas be like, hey, look, they had zero draft picks. I call it the lull. And for about four or five years in a row, we always had the lull. And it wasn't just on-field record. It wasn't just on-field anything. It was no draft picks or like one or two. And so in June and May, uh, we'd always have the lull. Now, you know, I don't think that's going to be a problem for Texas. The Longhorns were able to avoid that last year with Arch Manning, um, be, you know, even after a five and seven season, Arch Manning undoes any lull. And we saw that with the <laughs> offensive line class and stuff like that. This year, I don't think we're going to see that because uh, just, you know, thinking about you got Bijan, you have Roshan, DeMarvian Overshone, Deshaun Jamison, Moro Jomo, Keandre Coburn. Like there's a chance. I mean, that's six, I feel have a pretty good case for getting drafted. Um, I guess if you want to cut one of the def defensive linemen out, I would get that. So boom, that's five right there. Hasn't been like that in a few years and there could even be more and we're not even thinking about it. So. Yeah, it, it, it's a good crop coming up. Texas is getting back to where they need to be. They just got to keep building and keep building. All right. For Joe Cook, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been on site on Texas football. Uh, Joe, really appreciate it. And thanks for letting me step in today. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting, and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, thank you for watching again and hook them.